0: Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, Mother-Daughter Team, Dr. Gloria, and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Sharon Strauss, and she's going to be talking with us today about spiritual healing and well-being Sharon Strauss is an art therapist and certified intuitive healer. Sharon became a survivor of suicide in 2001 when her 17-year-old daughter, Kristen Rita Strauss, Kristen Rita Strauss, ended her own life. This loss became a portal into the depths of grief, self-discovery, and spiritual awakening. Welcome to the show, Sharon.
1: Hi. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me.
0: It's great to have you on the show today, Sharon. Well, you've had quite a journey with your uh, daughter, Kristen. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit about it? Because um, you know, I want them to know about what you went through. Because what you've come to is is really an amazing space in my mind.
1: Well, what you said at the beginning um, about uh, coming back home from vacation and uh, recovering, and that just really touched home with me because. It's been eight years uh, since Kristen's death, and uh, the last two years have really been what I'd say good years. Um, so it does happen um, with a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. But um, the first year after Kristen died—she died October 11th of 2001—as um, you know—is just an absolute disaster. Um, I think physically and emotionally and spiritually and in every way uh-huh. in essence, how did she take her life she uh, was in New York City um, and she died one month after 9/11 she mm. went I was, to, I was
0: wondering that when I saw 2001 and I live in New York City
1: yeah yeah and I uh, she was a freshman at college uh, so she had only been there six weeks well, and where, where was, was she going, going to college? She was at Parsons School of Design. Oh, my
0: goodness, an incredible school. And in a tal- talented, talented woman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and um, she went to the roof of her dorm, and she wow. fell. So, I, you know, I, uh, it was a shock. Um, she had been being treated for the last nine months, uh, I guess maybe the second semester of her senior year for depression, but after her death, I think we, we realized that she was really suffering with a bipolar illness that we didn't have a handle on, she didn't have a handle on, we didn't understand, and um, we lost her. Mm-hmm. So um, it's taken a long time to recover. I, I think the death of a child is a, a horrendous, horrendous, thing to recover from, and suicide uh, brings with it a lot of shame and guilt, uh, which um, you have to deal with that in addition to everything else.
0: Well, you know, we have an email uh, from uh, Lucy, and she her comment is uh, to the grief blog. Oh, and I thought of you today because as I read it, um, her child uh, died by suicide, and overdose um, uh, last year, and she said, I did nothing to help him. And I just thought, I bet that's not true.
1: Right. Um, you know, I, I've asked myself, where, where did we go, do wrong and where did we go wrong? And, you know, at the time we were doing everything that we thought that we could possibly do. Uh, hindsight, you know, you look at things differently. But as we were in it, we were trying to get her the best treatment. We were doing everything. But um, in the end, she succumbed to uh, her mental illness and... Um, what we do now is, is dedicating ourselves to working on mental health issues, hoping that we can reach out to one more family, one more adolescent, and really be open and talk about depression and talk about bipolar illness and and to not hide and to be really open with what's happening.
0: I mean, you could never, as a parent... Um it's interesting because it's not just a suicide that you feel like you didn't do enough. I mean, all of us feel like we could have done this, we should have done that, we should have, you know, it I think it becomes more uh, you know, more difficult with suicide because it was in in some way a choice. Yeah. However, not a choice because of the mental uh, illness. Yeah, I was going to say because you know, the idea that it, I mean, I always say on the show and we always say when people take their life, they're honestly feeling like they're doing the world a favor. Right. They feel like it's a selfless act because they really, really believe in their core at that point that the world will be a, a whole lot better off without them. Right. And we're a whole lot worse off without them.
1: Yes. I think in a sense, you know, those that are struggling with mental illness that are so severe like that, part of them leaves anyway, and it makes it that much easier to to cross over to the other side. And I do think that, you know, being so close to 9-11, she she died exactly one month after 9-11, that that had to have had an impact. You know, the the energy in New York was very transparent and very, um, uh, I think it made it easier for her. And we
0: also saw people fall from the building. Uh
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, Sharon, that was
0: my immediate thought. thought. I mean, I've been working with 9-11 the fire department and not, with 9/11 survivors for for the last since 9/11. So, my immediate thought was, you know, to take somebody that's already struggling with depression, have them in New York City during this traumatic, horrible terrorist event, and seeing the devastation and constantly seeing the replaying and being really in a war zone to some extent is going to take a huge toll on somebody that's already fragile.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely.
0: Um, well, Sharon, tell us, how have you, we're talking today about spiritual healing, and I know you've done a lot of it, and and what what is your thought about it? How did you t- turn to that? You know, how soon, and, and
1: how did well, you do that? Well, um, uh, you know, I'm an art therapist, so... And you, were
0: um, you that before?
1: I was that before. I have been an art therapist for about mm, 20 or so years. Um, the, Sharon, the, do you
0: think the Lord prepares you a little bit?
1: Uh, I, I think yes, definitely. I think that was part of, uh, getting all the ducks lined up, you know, ready for me. I, I was also part of a, a spiritual community for about seven or eight years before Kristen died. And I think that was just all preparation and, um, after she died, uh, I really didn't turn to doing any artwork for about a year. It just didn't even enter my consciousness, which really sounds like an odd thing for an art therapist that I wouldn't turn to a modality that I offer others. But I never really saw myself as, as an artist, and so I didn't go there. Um, and really it was Christmas the, the year after she died, so that would be 2002, um, coming back from, you know, uh, vacation that was terrible, horrendous. Um, so we went through that initial Christmas immediately. It was still part of 2001. But in 2002, um, it was after Christmas, and I was standing in the kitchen, and just a little voice, uh, I heard a little voice saying, why don't you make a collage? <laughs> and um, I... I I actually went and did it, so I I wasn't surprised that I heard the voice, you know, giving me that direction. I was more surprised at the fact that I went and got materials and opened magazines and actually made a collage. And And, Sharon, how long was this after your daughter's death? It was
0: about a year after she died. Now, it's interesting because we've had on a lot of singers, songwriters, and artists, Alan Peterson, many, many, who often say, Mom... We don't initially go to those mediums. We don't go to our art and our music. We put it down, and we don't visit it for a while.
1: Right, and I actually think I probably could not have gone there in that initial Mm -hmm. year. Uh, It would have been too painful. I needed a certain amount of distance, and yet, Mm -hmm. as we know, that second year can be even more horrendous.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm glad you made a point of that because we had an email today that said, it's my second year, and I'm feeling worse. And you know, and you feel like it's just going to keep going that way, but it doesn't. Right. And you also feel like, what's wrong with me? The second year should be better. I mean, that's right. what we we think is the second year would be better.
1: Right. right. And I was so thankful that I then, at that point, had my artwork because from the time I made that first collage, it became it became a spiritual practice. It was really the only thing that I did, and I did that for years and years and years. I have a body of now seven years of collage work that I. Mm-hmm. In the early years, I, uh, that's all I did. Um, i take care of, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, you know, my normal day. But then in the, in the hours that I had free, I was doing artwork um, in my studio. Okay, tell
0: me how I can do a collage. I've never done any artwork.
1: You open a magazine and you have some paper and glue and a glue stick and you just start tearing out pictures and images and words. Um, it, it happens almost immediately. You become drawn to what is your internal life, and you see it, and you and you begin to put together, uh, what am I feeling in this moment? And it becomes a visual diary. And, and so I think Sharon, it
0: is, is... Sharon, is it things about also about what, not only what you're feeling, but did you also find yourself cutting out things that reminded you of Kristen, or no, yes, or was that not part of yes,
1: it? Yes, I did. You know, I worked through... Uh, her broken body. I worked through her falling repeatedly. Um, I worked through the funeral. I worked really through all the things that are unspeakable. Um, I, I, you know, as a therapist, we know that um, verbal therapy, I felt like verbal therapy only took me so far. And then, I, what do you do with what you can't even talk about? What is so Inside and in your bones and in your body, that you need a way to address that. That's I so in,
0: yeah. That's so interesting because I remember sitting doodling and drawing pictures of Scott in his coffin. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And because he was
0: very constricted because he was burned.
1: Right. So you know
0: that is almost you know it's unspeakable. So there. It so the it's where it's,
1: it's like, like there are not components. there are not enough words that can describe or go into all of those places, and yet you can do that with images. Um, and so I did that as uh, for years and years and years, and I think that it really accelerated my healing and catapulted me into a- another place, perhaps a little faster than I sense others in their journey. Uh, so I'm so grateful for for that. And um, the other thing also that helped me, as much as the collage was sitting in a... Um, In a group with a medium. And I actually started doing that about two and a half months after Kristen died. So it was sitting in that group, I almost think, prepared me for the collage work and opened my consciousness.
0: Well, that's, Um, but you were doing spiritual work prior to her death, right?
1: Well, not, uh, you know. Connecting with those on the other side is uh, a little bit different than being in a, spi- in a spiritual community. I was doing a lot of inner work, but I, I really had had no um, experience with a medium. My, my sister called me one day and said, I'm, t- I'm taking you to see this British woman. And I just, you know, when you're newly bereaved, you just go, okay, yeah, whatever. And had an amazing reading with this British medium. And as I was leaving her house, she just looked up at me and she said, you know, I have a group that meets on Thursday. Would you like to join? And I just said yes. That you, sometimes you just don't know where these yeses come from, but there's something that moves you forward and you know it's the right thing. And so I started sitting in this group and it was a tremendous healing. It was the most helpful thing that I could have done for myself, it really anchored me in my week. Um, week after week, I never missed. It was an hour and a half group, and it was more about receiving energetic kind of healing. Um, I had no idea that over time, I would strengthen and my own abilities to connect with that side. But now you're really...
0: you're doing groups yourself right now, I'm right? And group... you're in Philadelphia.
1: Yes, I'm in Baltimore, and I'm doing groups myself. Oh, and I have mothers that have lost children that sit with me, and it's really not. It's a byproduct that you uh, are able to connect with those on the other side. It's really opening yourself up, uh, being able to listen and and receive what is being offered um, in uh, in the spiritual dimension that's healing. I, I often felt like I was rearranged on a kind of a cellular level. After my my uh, circle sittings, and, um, uh-huh. well, that's something that I've been a part of now for uh, eight years. Uh huh. And for and for some people that works, and uh-huh. for some people
0: the collage thing would might be a simpler way to get into it. Right. There There are many people out there who have never done any inner work at all. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, sometimes it can be a huge leap for them, and they can get, you know, uh, kind of maybe uh, side. Sidetracked with with someone who says they're a medium or whatever. There right. are you know are people out there who, you know, can be pretty uh, ruthless about collecting right, money right. for this kind of thing too. So right. we always tell our audience. Well, there, that, you there, know, are so many,
1: there are so many there's so many paths to healing, and I think people need to find what works for them. And um, for some people, it's groups, and some people it's individual talk therapy and.
0: Mm-hmm. And the you also uh, community. have and, some meditation tips, yeah,
1: too. Yes, and, and for me it's been the combination of meditation, which I, I really think of the mediumship group as, and and the artwork, and certainly the artwork, the number of hours that I spent creating, far outnumbered the hours that I sat in the spiritual group. And Well,
0: well and I've heard so many amazing things about meditation. I mean, because when you've had a loss, that's so horrific as the loss of a sibling or a child. Your mind does not stop, mm-hmm. and it's just going and going and going. And oftentimes, it's reliving the trauma, as you and my mom were talking about, over That's and right. over and over. And to have a place where you can have a way and tools where you can quiet the mind, I think is really, really important yeah. to people. And
1: and that and that is also what happens when you're making artwork. Your your mind becomes still, and it's it's kind of paradoxical because. You are entering the place of the trauma, but in a place of silence. And I think it, it bathes your, your nervous system and helps you to heal. So I you think know. that's, that's yeah. why I was so drawn to the hours and hours and hours that I, that I spent making collages.
0: And, you know, uh, it's interesting because I find a lot of single-point focus and meditation on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know, and sports can be very intense. Yes, and anything and that draws you can draw golf, you to quiet golf is, and focus. Yes, yeah, golf and that's very meditative. And also knitting. We've had Ann Hood on talking about how knitting saved her life after her daughter Grace died.
1: Yes, and um, I, I sat in her workshop uh, at, at the, the Compassionate Friends Conference, and it is exactly the same. It's um it was a creative process and, and very meditative. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can find that in lots of different ways. Now,
0: um, speaking of finding things, tell us how to find you. What's your website?
1: Okay, you can find me at www.attherefuge, all one word. Um, and, uh,
0: and so at the
1: refuge, at the R-E-F-U-G-E. R
0: E F U G E right. Uh, and and you said you were Sharon. You were open to having people email you too, right?
1: Sure, sure. Yes, I get lots of emails from people that I meet at conferences and people that are have gotten together um, in cities where they've come to my workshops and have started their own collage circles and they email me. And I love the
0: idea of a collage yeah. circle, don't you, Heidi? Yes, I, I do, Mom. I mean it's, that sounds really kind of an amazing thing to to do for bereavement to do a collage circle. I, I yeah. love that Well, and idea. I know that, that Heather does, my sister does a scrapbooking kind of circle. But, yeah, and I really like the idea of sitting with people. And when you're doing a collage circle, like you were saying, you don't even have to talk. Right. You just be with each other.
1: Right, you be with each other, but then it is very rich and very deep to share the, the images and to talk about it in whatever way that you, you can, and it helps mm-hmm. you to come into the present moment. Now, when
0: will you be presenting again? Are you going to present at Compassionate Friends in uh, Washington area on yes. July 4th?
1: I hope so. I hope so. I haven't heard if I've been selected again, but I'm hoping that I will be. Uh, I bet
0: you will be. And, and audience, you ought to <laughs> yeah. think about going. It's going to be an amazing thing.
1: Yes. And it's, I... and it's
0: also Gloria's birthday. Oh, oh wow. Your, my fourth, was my birthday. <laughs> I was named for the glorious fourth, Gloria. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for being on the show today, uh, Sharon. Do you have any passing comments for uh, one last thing that you'd like to say our audience out there?
1: Well, that there is hope and, and over time there is healing and uh, I'm just glad for the creative process and my spiritual community and um, I thank you for allowing me uh, the honor of sharing that.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on and hopefully Heidi can get in touch with you and hopefully maybe you'll write for our website because you've got so much wonderful things that you could bring to it.
1: Well, thank you.